Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Radio. What up, Montana? Happy Wednesday. Hope everybody's having a phenomenal week. Thanks so much for kicking it with us. It's Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio, largest inventory of trucks in the entire Pacific Northwest, Stevens and Mount in here in Missoula. But if you want to check out all their online inventory, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? Rajim Seabrook, my main man, riding with me yep. here Throughout this show, a little schedule change. He usually swings by on Fridays, but I'm out Friday. No Nuanas now on Friday. Um, we'll be back on Monday. I'm out for the Montana Football Hall of Fame. Sean Rainey, who's usually on Wednesdays, will be here tomorrow uh, as we finish up this week and uh, send you into July. Can't believe it's already July. But if you missed anything in the first hour, Rajim and I wrapped a little bit about uh, what it's like for me to go to games as a spectator because I will be going to the Missoula Paddleheads game tonight. Also talk about the Supreme Court ruling, which we will talk a little bit more about here in the second hour mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the NCAA. And also gave you some wings and a whole bunch of Paddleheads tickets. So appreciate everybody uh, for your interest in all of our live baseball and uh, your interest in Missoula's minor league baseball team. You can find everything from the first hour in the podcast, which is available on all your podcast hosting platforms. Rate, review, subscribe, five stars preferred, all that good stuff. You can also find it on 1029ESPN.com. It's proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, 
and Sports Bet Montana. Just a couple minutes before we get into a really fun ESPN roundtable featuring three people I've known for a long time, Nate Harris, Jordan Sullivan, and Jocelyn Tingle, the three newest assistant coaches for Brian Holsinger, the head coach of the Montana Lady Grizz. That is his coaching staff. Rather than having them all three do interviews, I wanted to kind of get them all together and uh, have a broad conversation about the state of Lady Grizz basketball as it is, as it was, and as it will be. And uh, knowing all those people before uh, their entry into the coaching ranks, so it was a fun one for me to catch up with them and, and to see their personal and professional growth. But, Rajin, my question for you before we get to this interview is what did you think of these hirings, particularly when it comes to Jocelyn Tingle? Because it seems like that's the one that really resonated. She doesn't have any college coaching experience, but a former two-time Montana Gatorade Player of the Year, three-time Final Four participant for Stanford, played for Tar Vanderveer, objectively one of the great coaches in the history of basketball, period, and uh, a local favorite, to be sure. Why are you asking me rhetorical, redundant <laughs> questions? Like, I love you, brother. You know I love you. But don't ask me questions you can answer yourself. That resume in and of itself says there's enough experience as a player that if coached correctly and tutored, mentored, and role modeled well enough, that's going to translate into, into, into a great coach. What this also does is... <clears throat> I don't care who you were, if you like sports or you didn't, you have posters on your wall of your idols. No question. Right? So for these young women to come into this program and and watch someone that they watched as four- and five-year-old young girls. For sure. Like, that, I want to play for that. I want to play like her. I want to emulate, duplicate, replicate everything that she did because she was so out of control. That is a bucket filler. That is a seat filler. That's a that's That's a program seller. Like, that automatically is going to bring people back. You say the name Tinkle in this town associated with basketball, that, that gets feet in the door quick. I like what it does more for, for just girls and women's sports in general. You are putting one of the faces of, 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 of one of the best basketball female basketball players to come out of, you know, wherever for the last 20-something-odd years. This, this just gives, this gives a statue. This gives something for these young ladies and young men to look at. I want to be part of that. How do I get down? And she will be able to bring everything to the table and a whole lot more. It's a great hire. Tommy, will it make you more happy if I take a break right now and we play the ESPN Roundtable after the break or if we do it now and then just catch up later? Let's play it now, man. Okay. Sold. Without further ado, the ESPN Roundtable presented proudly by Paradise Falls in Missoula. I know a lot of you out there playing rec league sports, softball, ultimate frisbee, or maybe you're just kicking it in the park, whatever. It's always nice to have a little appetizer, maybe have a little brewski before, after, whatever. Paradise Falls has not one but two late happy hours most nights of the week. It's going to be half-price appetizers and $3 beers. So head on down to Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula, the proud sponsor of the ESPN Roundtable. Well, happy now for our latest ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula here on Nuanez. Now we do this during the 5 o'clock hour most Wednesdays. We're going to do this during the first hour of today's show because we have a little bit of a scheduling rearrangement because I'm heading to Billings for the Montana Football Hall of Fame later on this week. But happy to be joined by three different Lady Grizz assistants, two new and one familiar face, Nate Harris, Jordan Sullivan, and Jocelyn Tinkle. I'll each I'll address you guys by name as we go around so everybody can kind of learn your voices. But uh, this is uh, fun and uh, sort of a rebirth for this program. And uh, 
This is an interesting one for me, too, as, as an interviewer, because I actually know each one of these three personally, completely outside of basketball. So uh, very interesting, because Nate, he's married to one of my high school best friends. I've known Jordan since she was in college, and then Jocelyn grew up with my little brother, uh, same age as him, all the way through all the grades. So uh, fun and sort of bizarre to all the adults sitting here doing this right now. I don't feel like an adult. So. Yeah, never. <laughs> That's good. So we'll, we'll just go left to right. We'll start with Nate. So Nate, just... Uh, We'll start with this. Give me your perspective on the Lady Grizz program right now and, and why this job was intriguing to you to come here in here and join Brian Holzinger's first staff. You know, I I think this is one of the one of, if not the best mid major programs in the in the western US and there's just possibilities here that uh, that don't exist uh, a lot of other places. Uh, you know, moving back, we, we love Texas. We loved our time in Texas. Obviously, for those, those of you that don't know, I was the head coach at Angelo State. My wife and kids were really happy, but this was always a place that was going to be a fit, given our given our roots. And then moving back, was again, just kind of threefold. That chance to move home, having roots, me being from Ronan, my wife being from Missoula, my oldest daughter being born here. Um, then obviously the the second piece of that is getting the chance to, to join Brian. Obviously believe in in him and his vision and and the staff he'd already hired, which at that time was was Jordan. And then the, the third piece of it, maybe even the biggest piece of it, is that what we just talked about. There's <laughs> there are not many places like the University of Montana with the support, with the facilities, with the the capability to go do really really special things. Jordan, I think that I asked Brian this, but I think it's it's such a, an overwhelming narrative. When you walk in here, you see all the tradition, you see the banners, you see all the great things, all the championships that have been won, and to a certain extent, that is one of the biggest advantages Montana has in any and all factors. But I also think that that shadow that looms is also interesting as well. I, you want to fulfill the expectations and live up to the tradition that's existed here before. But I don't know if that's ever going to be done again in the way that Robin Selvig did it. So how do you manage those two things, embracing the tradition of this program while also not letting those expectations weigh too heavy upon the staff and the players and everybody involved? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think, like you said, it won't ever be the same. Um, Rob was here for such a long time, and it's just not going to be the same because nobody will be Rob and Robin Selvig. So. There's still so many things and pieces of this program that are still here that you know won't go anywhere um, with a new coach here, and it's I, I love that there's a standard here, and I love coaching somewhere where there is a standard and um, there is an expectation in that way, and so it's it's finding people that want to buy into that, um, coaches, recruits, finding up the community to continue to buy into what's been built here, and people are as loyal as they come. Um, the alumni from this program. They love this place. They want to see success here. And it's just embracing all of those pieces that have been built here, knowing that it's not going to be the same, but knowing there's so many different aspects that can still make this place and will make this place a great place to be um, a student-athlete. You have a completely unique perspective, too, as somebody that played for the Lady Grizz and then went right into yeah. coaching and then now are sort of part of this uh, uh, the renewal of the program. So just in terms of the program in general, mm-hmm. what's this last five or six years been like for you? Oh, I just, you know, I feel like luckily people are keeping me around here. <laughs> I'm going to be a tough one to ever, it's going to be tough. To, if I have the opportunity to, to stay, it's hard for me to um, to leave because I do believe in this place 110%. Um, I got to experience it in my playing days, and I just think, I know in my heart this is a great place to be, and 
and there's no better place to be. So I will live to that for as long as I can. And just having the opportunity to be an assistant coach under different head coaches has been really um, a growing experience for me. I've learned so much from Shannon, Mike, and now I look forward to learning from Brian and working alongside uh, Nate and Joss here. It's just going to be a really, really positive experience for, for my own growth. So I'm, I'm just blessed to be here and excited for where, where we're going. And Josh, this is sort of a, a funny full circle story because I remember when you were in high school, there was so much talk. Will Jocelyn Tinkle stay, play for the Lady Grizz? And obviously you went on to play at Stanford, had an outstanding career there. But it's almost as if now the Lady Grizz finally got Jocelyn Tinkle. So what's your perspective now here some 12 or 13 years later, uh, returning now to a place I know you consider like at least one of your hometowns? Um, it's a surreal uh, feeling, and it was a surreal moment when I first got that call from Brian. Um, and, and you're right, it seems full circle. I think this story is uh, really heartwarming for me um, because I've always considered this place home. I mean, even during my recruitment process, um, there wasn't anyone that I respected and, and loved more than Rob and, and believed in what he's done here. Um, and so that never went away. And obviously for me, it was a, an important place. My parents both played here. Being able to now walk down the hall as an assistant coach and see my mom in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it just it, it brings all these emotions to me in the best way. And, uh, and then, you know, when I knew I wanted to get into coaching, um, you know, when I stopped playing, but there were timing things. I wanted to watch my siblings play. I wanted to watch my brother play for my dad. Um, but I knew getting into coaching, it would take a really, really special place for me to dive in and, and go for. Um, and so when this opportunity came, it just seemed, you know, perfect. And again, I, I'm very grateful to Brian for giving me this opportunity. Um, and I'm excited to be back here. I'm excited to be home because, yeah, I know how incredible this place is. I got to, you know, grow up in this program and, and raised in this community. And now to like the cherry on top is to work alongside Nate and Jordy, friends of mine that I've known for a long time and, and obviously be excited um, to work under and alongside Brian and, and, and believe and see his vision for this program. Um, it's, it's a dream come true for me. ESPN Roundtable. It's Nuanas now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Need anywhere to watch the NBA playoffs? Head on down to Paradise Falls. They have 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers. They have every single NBA playoff game plus any live sporting event you want. Paradise Falls, proud presenter of the ESPN Roundtable. Uh, one follow-up for you, Joss. I was in Indianapolis for the tournament. and <laughs> First of all, what an experience. Uh, it was the only time that COVID ever worked to our advantage, the fact that it was a single-site tournament. We were able to go to 16 games in four days. There was no lines for anything. It was awesome. I, I did, you didn't see me, but I definitely saw you because you guys are hard to miss during Oregon State games. So I was there for both the first and second round wins uh, when your dad, Wayne Tinkle, former University of Montana coach, was leading the Beavers on one of their best runs in the last four decades. But what do you think the transition is going to be like? Because you have been so involved in basketball the last several years because of your dad, because of your brother, but now you're involved in a completely different role as a coach. So what do you think that's going to be like for you? Yeah, I mean, coming into this, I knew that there would be a great challenge. Obviously, I've never been a college coach before. Um, but that being said, I think, you know, it's fun and exciting for me to offer a different and outside perspective just with my playing experience. And then, yeah, I've been fortunate to grow up and live under, you know, a household of a head coach my whole life and, and learn from my dad. And because I was so involved with, you know, the Beaver men's program there, too, I mean, I 
was in practices. I was watching, you know, drills and and how he did things. Um, you know, I feel like that that helped prepare me for for this opportunity. Um, again, I'm fortunate to be working with these guys sitting next to me and learn from them because they've been around and they've they're great coaches and they have a lot of great insight and advice and knowledge that I'm excited to learn. Um, but also, I'm I'm excited to offer, yeah, what you know, what I bring to the table and um, it's it's been fun so far. I mean, I think we've... We have no fun. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, <laughs> no laughing. <laughs> but, uh, but also, it's kind of weird for me, too, to think I'm not going to be crazy on the sidelines, you know, next year down in Corvallis cheering for my dad. Um, but I think... crazy on the sidelines here. Here, exactly. Now I'm bringing that energy and, and that enthusiasm here, uh, which is exciting because I get to do it a little bit more, you know, up front, close and center, and, and actually be more involved, with it, which is fun. Nate Harris, Jordan Sullivan, Jocelyn Tingle join us on the ESPN Roundtable. And Nate, let's talk about your last couple of years because we first crossed paths when you married my good friend, and then we crossed paths <laughs> again when uh, you got the job at Montana State, and um, that, I, that was when I was in Bozeman, so I, that was a fun program to cover. But then you went on this adventure to, uh, to Texas, yeah. and so... I know that you always wanted to come back. You're a guy from Montana. I know your wife's from Montana, too. This is home for you guys. But what did you learn during your time away from the state of Montana? And uh, how do you think that helped lead you back to this position you have now? Well, depending on where you visit, you learn to really appreciate the color green. <laughs> Living in West Texas, so everything's just a shade of brown everywhere you look. I, almost, I almost took a job in Odessa, Texas. I went on one visit and I was like, nope, not for me. <laughs> not, not doing it. It's a, it's a different area. But no, it was a great experience. And it was kind of a grand adventure. Um, personally, there was some great stuff just for our family. I mean, we we were all, obviously, your family. It's me and my, my wife and my daughters. Um, but uh, we were always close. But just we became so reliant on each other other so there's some really cool stuff personally because we were so isolated from kind of everyone else we knew um professionally it was just obviously you 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 come up you want to be a head coach and you get that opportunity and you learn so much and the only way you really learn is by doing it um and so just everyone talks about how difficult the transition is and you get to see firsthand and you have an understanding for what people go through on a day-to-day basis and there's just no way to understand the uh the nonstop uh, just grind of being a head coach, you know, as, a, as an assistant, you've, I've even felt it last two weeks, and we've worked a lot, and we're working really hard to in recruiting and camps and all sorts of stuff, but you're able to at least compartmentalize, and you have a to-do list when you're a head coach. There's there's <laughs> there's no to-do list. Right. There's a right. there's just an endless string of things that you're constantly thinking about and constantly trying to manage. And and so there was just some really cool stuff there. It was a different part of the country. Um, and like I said, we we love the experience. Wall Texas, shout out Wall Texas, amazing <laughs> place. It's where my wife worked and my my daughters went to school. Again, we weren't leaving for just anything. I, I love my time at Angelo State. I love the the kids that I was working with there, but. Again, opportunities like this, they don't come along all that often. So when you get a chance to, to work at a place like this, to work with people like this, to work for someone like 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 Brian, it's just you, you've got to take those chances as difficult as, as they are in the, the stuff that you, you, know, you leave behind. Uh, not really a better way to say it. The stuff that you leave behind, you, you've, got to, you've got to deal with it when, when great opportunities come along. 20, the winter of 2019-2020, uh, ESPN Missoula, my former partner Ryan Tutel, and I did a a 10-part podcast series chronicling the coaching tree at the University of Montana. Mm -hmm. And 
Wayne actually had a great line. He, I think he called it six inches to the, or 18, 18 inches to the left or 18 inches to the right, right? Your seat is just <laughs> yeah. one seat down on the bench, but it is objectively different. So, I mean, did you feel, did you feel that? Did you totally see that? Oh, absolutely. It is, a, it is completely different. You go from being, again, it helps you really understand the, what you, the, the great things you get in assistant coach. Assistant coach, you get to build, I won't want to say better relationships, but different relationships different with players. Sure. Yeah. Every time you call someone as a head coach, it's bad. They think it's bad news. They answer <laughs> right. the phone scared. Every time he calls an assistant coach, they're like, oh, hey, what's up, coach? He calls the head coach. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just, it's completely different. Every, you know, when you're an assistant coach, you have to deliver some bad news, but most of the time you're getting good news. You get to tell head coaches good things. As a head coach, 80% of your job is this bad news. How do I handle this problem? How do I handle this problem? It's just, you know, man, putting out one fire from another. So it is completely different. That's a great line by Coach Tinkle and something, again, they, and they always tell you, oh, it'll slow down, you'll settle in, and you don't. You just learn how to handle it, and it gets it gets better. But, it's yeah, it is a, it's a chore, but it's something I'm so thankful for. To Angelo State, I'm so thankful for that opportunity. It was so great in so many ways, but even more thankful to be, to be back in Missoula because – we sure missed Montana. We sure missed this area, and we sure missed the people of this area. So it's uh, it's been a probably more thankful to be back. It's it, it, it was a great experience, but we couldn't be more excited to be here. The ESPN Roundtable, all three Lady Grizz assistant coaches joining me: Nate Harris, Jordan Solve, and Jocelyn Tinkle. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Jordan, uh, the Nate's tie to Brian is uh, Brian Holsinger is, is obvious. The fact that they were at Tech together. Jocelyn has the Oregon State connections. Tell us about uh, when you first sort of le- started learning about Brian Holsinger and and how uh, getting retained on a staff works because it's a little bit different when you have a new head coach coming in. Yeah. So Brian and I said hi to each other at Katie Baker now Katie Faulkner's wedding. Right, because Katie has, has yeah. been an assistant at Oregon State, yeah, so right? We- I was like, where have I ever met Brian? I saw him at her wedding, and I have seen him out recruiting and passing. You know, you just, hey, how's it going? Um, and that was about the extent of how much Brian and I knew each other. That's one, something people don't realize, maybe, though, is how much you cross over with other right. assistants in the Northwest, right? Like, you see probably most mm-hmm. of the Northwestern assistants from all the yeah, colleges, all the time. right? Yeah. If people are lucky to sit next to me at recruiting events, then they're lucky <laughs> to sit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they probably feel opposite. But, um, yeah, so we didn't really know each other that well. Um, obviously, I could talk to Katie about him um, and learn learn about him through her. But when he first came to town, he made made time with with all the people on the current former staff, I guess. And so that's when we sat down and he, he emphasized, like, this isn't an interview. I just want to get to know you. And we just hit it off really well. And it was really easy and comfortable. And um, it just stood out to me how much of a people person he was. Um, and that's very important to me in the you know, in the environment that I want to work in, like you got to have a family-oriented person that cares about people, and that was like the first thing that stood out. His wife Stacy was the cherry on top, I think, that really sealed his deal for me. No, I like to give her credit because she's awesome too. But um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a tough, you know, when you're kind of waiting around to see. Like I explored other options because I you have to. You don't know what's going to happen, but well, like people don't know this. I I turned down a, a head coaching opportunity at Division to school without a job here and I was like you know I have people like that's crazy you don't even know if you're gonna have a job but I just I believed in this place and I was just hoping that Brian would take me on board (laughs) and I'm really really thankful that he did um because I I really wanted to be here so yeah you you have uh, seen firsthand uh the the most recent championship level for the Lady Grizz so Mm -hmm. in your perspective how does Montana reattain that level you got to get workers and you got to get the right, you know, the right kind of kids in here that want to buy in 
and um, you just got to build those relationships with those kids um, and continue to build them while they're here. It's not just get them here. You have to continue to work and develop players as people and as, as players. And um, when you can do that and you can coach them hard, then you can get to that caliber of championship-level teams. And that's that's where I think we're, we're headed. And um, it's just really about getting those competitive players here and then continuing to develop them and building a good enough and a strong enough relationship that they want to be coached hard and they want to buy in so hard that they want to, you know, they want to do that and be here and sell out for, for the coaching staff. It, it's, such an, it's such an interesting program, too, when you analyze the history of it because um, there's this day and age, modern-day college sports, so much talk about recruiting, and there is so many programs that can recruit sort of plug-and-play type players. And I think that we've seen the rise in the Big Sky Conference, particularly of programs where freshmen can be big-time contributors. Mm-hmm. And I think that can happen at Montana, but when you look at the history of it, it never was that, right? You used to have to wait your turn at Montana, yeah. always. The developmental portion of it, mm-hmm. the learning what it takes to be a Lady Grizz, yeah. and then having pride in that, was the most tried and true formula. Right, was. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. what it was. It was the formula since I moved to Missoula all the way through right. covering the end of Coach Selvig's career. So, um, I guess how do you how do you recapture that element of it? Because I don't know if that's necessarily been lost, but it, it just right. seems like it wasn't always about the most talented players. I mean, Manny Morales is one in a million, right? It was always about the girls that developed yep. into uh, all Big Sky caliber players mm-hmm. uh, as their careers progressed. Yeah, I think the transfer portal does change that a little bit. For that's sure. something that you have to try to decide, like, which route do we want to go? Do we want to bring in more experienced players, or do we want to keep trying to develop people from freshman on? Um, and we definitely do want to develop people, because that's what really has built this place, but that impact of the transfer portal is going to change that a little bit, just because that's the way of the game. Um, I, th- I think when you have, you know, in years past, we did have so many injuries that kind of started this trend of sure, right. playing early and thinking that's how it goes when really right. that's not at all how it, it really does go. So I think that was kind of just a fluky thing here for a few years that um, I, I just don't think that's something that we'll see again, hopefully. <laughs> but um, I, I think we can get back to that, just bringing in, again, bringing in the right kids and who have the right mentality that it's going to take work and having people already here that are setting the standard of <laughs> This is how you have to work and be good, and so it all comes down to the recruiting aspect of who you bring into the program. Josh, it's uh, you've had a front row seat of Division One athletics for a little while, but haven't been directly involved in, especially from a coaching perspective. So, what is your perspective on the state of affairs in college basketball right now? Because it, it's crazy. I did a podcast last night with this guy out of Vegas analyzing the men's league, and I had to double check my numbers. But I mean, there's been 53 guys from the men's league that have entered the transfer portal just since the Big Sky tournament is over. Mm-hmm. There's only 150 scholarship players in the whole league. That's one third of the guys that are into the portal in the last two months. So it seems like it's something that's not going away. It's not going to change. So navigating how to embrace it, that's only one element of it, right? There's so many other elements as well. So what do you think of just the state of affairs in college basketball right now? I mean, yeah, times are different. Um, You know, this generation of of young hoopers uh, are different, and and we've seen it more prominent than ever now on the women's side. You know, it's been a little bit more of a thing and and trend on the men's side, but now it's it's a definite, um, you know, issue and thing that we're looking at on the women's side. Uh, But, you know, that being said, you know, those players are important. They bring, you know, a different element of veteranship, leadership, and, you know, it's a matter of putting the pieces together for us and what we're looking for. But like Jordy said, too, um, you know, we have to also value the young kids that, you know, we believe in and have, uh, you know, high ceiling and and their potential. And, you know, yeah, again, I'm learning it, but it's, it's a matter of kind of Tetris here, you know, putting the right pieces together. And at the end of the day, 
you just want hardworking kids that are, are willing to, to buy in something that, you know, we've kept kind of hounding today um, that want to win. And, you know, again, we're fortunate to kind of all, all of us coaches come from different experiences and um a common denominator of those experiences is winning, a winning culture. And, you know, again, we're, um, we, a lot of us have also witnessed that here in this program and in the history and tradition of this program. So, um, again, rebuilding and restoring that here um, is something that we're all excited about and, and, you know, have been familiar with. And it's about getting those kids that we believe in, whether they're transfers or, you know, young kids. But again, it's, it's, the times right now and you got to stay relevant and you got to keep up with with what's happening and so we're doing that ESPN Roundtable the three newest Lady Grizz assistant coaches Nate Harris Jordan Sullivan Jocelyn Tinkle joining me Coulter Nuanas. it's Nuanas now 1029 ESPN Missoula and Nate you have experience in the Big Sky Conference and I know that while you were away uh, you kept tabs on the league as well. Obviously, something that is uh, you know close to home for you, but also I think you knew that it was going to be uh, a potential uh, professional opportunity for you moving forward as well. But two part question: How do you take your time at Montana State uh, and use that to your advantage here? And what is your perspective of the league overall? You know, obviously there was a it was a great run at Montana State. I have a lot of respect for for Coach Binford and, and everything she's done there. And there were a lot of great uh, recruiting ties built. You know, kids, coaches, all those different things. It was it was a really good experience, and I think you just understand what works in this league. Who's I mean, what's funny is there's been a lot of coaching turnover, but sure. a lot of the the people that were thorns in your side when you were trying to win it five you know five sure. years ago, they're still the same people. Right. You know, you still have Seton Soleski, you still have John Newley. Right. You know, you still have some of those people that make your life your life really really tough. And now on the flip side of it, Coach Benford's still there, and she's you know she's done a great job continuing. Um, you know, to build that program there, but I think you just have to understand uh, what works, what what fits, and you know, and some of those things were were a lot of things that as Coach Holsinger and I talked, you know, I I think we have a we have a great formula. We're we're on the right path of of making you know making some big jumps and getting back to the top of the league um, very quickly. But at the end of the day, it'll always be about you know about having really good players. I mean. <laughs> That's what it is. Whether you develop them, whether you bring in transfers, you, you, you've got to have great players that believe in your system and and are hey, you know having people that develop some chemistry that are that are pretty good teammates. That helps a lot too. And why were we better at Montana State for a little bit there? We had a pretty good roster, right? <laughs> you know, and then you know they why you know why is why was Idaho State the, the league champion this last year? They probably had the best roster. Right. Like they had a pretty deep. I don't know if they had the top end. You know, they had sure. some really, really good players, but their depth was just unbelievable. They just turned out kids. And as far as the state of the league, I I think it's good. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody that was outside the league that watched the league as much as I did. That was kind of our family. We would turn on we would turn on Pluto TV mm-hmm. Thursdays and Saturdays after my game because we play, you know, time difference. So we would watch the night games and then turn around and watch Saturday games after our games. And so watched almost everyone play. Uh, this year, multiple times, and so I was able, you know, watch the Lady Grizz play this year. Watched, you know, watched all sorts of teams, and I think the league is as good as it's ever been. You see it every year in the RPI. You know that it ends up being up there with the Valley, up there with you know some of these, you know, the Summit, some of those really good leagues. And now they continue as they get in the league play, they may separate. But when you do the non-conference RPI, the Big Sky's up there every single year when you get to league play. It's way up there. It's it's legitimately one of the best mid-major leagues in America. Uh, you know, then that's just the RPI talking. Mm-hmm. And so, 
we've got to continue to and, and understand that you know playing a great out of league schedule is is really important to prepare for a really good league. But and in, in league play, you got to protect home court, which is probably the number one thing you can take away from Montana State. And one of the biggest advantages we have here at Montana is home court. But when we were there, we won. 31 straight home games, or I can't even remember what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, second longest in the league. And so you got to protect home court. You got to steal some on these crazy road trips that he gets sent on all over the place when it's splitting with Sac State and NAU or Sac State, but whatever, it is, however they divide it up, you got to find a way to steal some on the road. But that travel schedule is what makes being really good at home really important, which is a great advantage here at Montana because nobody, and you know, I'm being in the league, I know nobody has what the University of Montana has no in question. terms of facilities, in terms of support, in terms of women's basketball mattering. There's some people that have closed the closed the gap by working really hard to make women's basketball matter at their universities, but there's no question that it matters and how important it is in the community of Missoula and the community of Montana. And that's a credit to, to Rob and Jordan, all of the, the ladies that, again, I, I use her as an example because she's the one sitting next to us, but the you know, the hundreds of, of young ladies that yeah. came through this program over the last, you know, since 1978 or yeah. whatever yeah. it is, you know, it, that's a credit to them and what they've built. And we get to we get to enjoy the fruits of all of that, all that labor. It's a common narrative for the University of Montana, too, that Montana set the pace in the Big Sky, particularly after the Big Sky fractured in the mid-90s and Nevada and Boise State left. I mean, Montana took the flag and ran with the flag all the way to the top of the mountain and no one could touch Montana and, and especially the you know the, the most popular fan-based sports but I also think that the league especially at the women's basketball perspective has gotten significantly better because everybody was chasing Montana. Yep. Montana gave the blueprint mm-hmm. uh, so Jordan in your mind though somebody that's been involved in the Big Sky Conference pretty consistently for more than a decade how has the league changed? In what ways has it changed the most? I, I think there's just access to more really good players like with social media especially and just you know international being a bigger a bigger deal in the game people can find really good players easier than they used to be able to um the rules with recruiting have changed where you can you know start recruiting younger and have more contact earlier and those kind of things but um there's just you know there's it's a big world and there's it's easier to access that world now and, and find those players and i mean this league is competitive every single year from honestly from 11 to 1 like there's there are Big big upsets and there's um, just never there's never a night off. There should never be, but there really isn't a night off for anybody. And teams are you know consistently good and better. So I think just the access to um, really good players and being able to find them a little bit easier than maybe in the past. Um, I think that's probably what's changed the game, along with the transfer portal as well. Yeah. Josh, your your perspective on this element of things. I guess my question is. You come from uh, a great coaching tree, even though this is your first coaching job. And uh, what a year this last year for Stanford and Tara Vanderveer. And, and I know you were in three Final Fours yourself, but uh, I think there's no better testament to her longevity than the fact that I think she had the longest span between actual national championships, but then also had like 10 Final Fours in between, right? I mean, it's about as good as you can possibly her get. Um, yeah, yeah, her, the off year going to the Final Four, right? Um, but I mean, it's so funny to rewind the clock all the way back to before any of us were born when Mike Montgomery had a decision to make. He could have hired Tar Vanderbeer <laughs> or Robin Selvig, and he chose Robin Selvig. And you can never, you can never say that was the, anything but the right hire. But Tar went on to such great um, success. So what did you learn from her, and how do you hope to maybe channel some of that into now being a coach here at Montana? Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, those two are incredible coaches, and I've 
I'm really lucky. I feel really lucky to, to know both really well and to play under someone um, like Tara. I mean, she's as professional as they come. Um, and it was not always easy playing for her, that's for <laughs> no, sure. No. But uh, that being said, she prepared me for, you know, so much more than just than basketball, but life and life after basketball and, um, you know, just the, the key core values that she preached and taught us uh, to be disciplined, to be prepared, almost over-prepared. Um, and, and she's constantly still, after 30-plus years, she's a student of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and coming into this, that's something that, you know, I know... I'm going to try and, and adapt and adopt is um, constantly learning. Obviously, right now, it is overwhelming. i got a lot to learn in this business. Um, it's a familiar business to me, so I'm, I'm lucky for that. Um, but I, she she loved this game so much, her passion. Obviously, this is why I'm here now is because I, I love this sport. It's you know opened a lot of doors and opportunities for me, but I'm passionate about it to bring my love and, and enthusiasm of the game here to this staff um, is something that I learned from her, but um, just her constant her constant worth ethic, work ethic. Excuse me. Um, always watching film. Always, always, you know, tweaking this, tweaking that. Um, so she was constantly working where she could probably, you know, hang up the shoes a little bit, take some time off after you know this her tenure. Um, but she doesn't. She's she's always learning, always working, um, and so those. Those things that you know are ingrained in my head, and all those you know defensive strategies and 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 whatever it may be are are still with me, and you know something that I want to bring here and and to these young women that we have at Lady Girls Uniform. Well, we could go on forever and ever, but we're running out of battery and we're also <laughs> running out of time. But we will continue to cover Lady Grizz as we always do uh, with as much passion as these three have for the program. But in the meantime, Nate Harris, Jordan Sullivan, Jocelyn Tinkle, the three assistant coaches on Brian Holsinger's first staff, joining us on the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. It's Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Guys, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Always Thanks, fun. Thanks, Colter. Definitely the most we've been. Gotta love it. That was a fun experience for me, man. Watching everybody's life come full circle. You know, if I would have told you just from people I'm personally connected to who I would want to be, uh, just, just from a, uh, you know, our already existing relationships, the staff for the Lady Grizz, that's it. Those three. I can't believe that it actually came to fruition. Very cool. We have a lot to get to still in this show, but we still have a couple more breaks to take as well. So we'll do that right now. Keep it right here. It's Nuanez Now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Oh! It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Rajin Seabrook joining me in studio here on a Wednesday. Usually he swings by on Fridays. 
But uh, subbing in on a Wednesday because Sean Rainey's coming in tomorrow. And we're out on Friday. Pitch hit Montana Football Hall of Fame Banquet in Billings on Saturday. If you want to come, still have tickets available. Go to mtfootballhof.com. That's mtfootballhof.com to get out your tickets. We still have a few tickets available. But uh, very uh, proud and happy of the way this event has grown. I've been on the board of directors since its inception. And we're expecting over 700 people as well as close to 30 former NFL players. It uh, has to be one of the largest collections of that in one room, uh, in one space in Montana in quite some time, if not ever. Very cool. You're going to bring some cards to get signed while you're there? See, I, you know... Do, do, do you do that? Is it, you is don't. That, I you think, just don't. I, you just can't, you know? It, it, you can't put yourself into the position as a fan when you... In, because in, in that situation, it's the only scope in which I have any authority over those people. Fair enough. And it's not. It's not as if I want to have authority over them, but it's just the situation. I'm the one. I mean, we are facilitating this banquet and this induction ceremony, and so like, well, I just had to ask. Yeah, card, yeah, yeah, card. yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking of cards, I am so glad I didn't give you that box. I went through. I almost <laughs> texted you last night. You got some good ones. I found. Like four different variations of Russell Wilson rookies. Oh boy! I found like the chromed out two ver- chromed out versions of Andrew Luck's rookie. Bring them in, dude. I'll I'll appraise them for you, buddy. I could, I've been separating them. That's good. I, I thought about you. Bring them because I have I have a strategy for us and all of our card collecting people. Yes, yes. I'm trying to sell this thing as a collective, and it, I can appraise your portion. a large lot. That's what I'm saying. I can appraise your portion and then guarantee you that cut of whatever the total collection is. Let's do it, man. All it does is add to the overall lump sum that some uh, lucky collector might acquire. Let's do it, man. All the money and proceeds from me go right to my son. So let's... uh, Well, we have two more things to talk about here. And we also have a couple more breaks to take. So uh, we're going to start this conversation if it continues all the way through the end of Nuanas now, which, by the way, we're broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio Largest inventory of trucks in the Pacific Northwest and new to Missoula, corner of Stevens and Mount. Go check them out. Um, I want to just listen to what you have to say about this, first and foremost. So I'm just going to give you the floor. And then uh, if the conversation matriculates into the final segment, we'll do that as well. Proceed, brother. Proceed. Carl Nassib, a Love it. former Penn State Nittany Lion, who uh, was a guy I loved in college. I'm a big Penn State guy. I love Carl Nassib. Uh, he came out as the first gay NFL player. Uh, I do think that this comes with a caveat in terms of him coming out because Michael Sam came out as gay before the NFL draft was drafted and then did not make an active NFL roster, but he Correct. actually was the pioneer of this. Hmm. A little feedback. Regardless, what do you think of this? Overdue. Sure. So happy it happened. Yep. I th- I think this this there are certain organizations businesses that are so symbolic in our everyday culture that when they are usurped, attacked, held accountable, put up on a pedestal, the rest of America watches. The NFL is one of those symbols. So when something like this happens, which has transcended sports and society and culture, I mean, people are talking about it in every pocket. Even if you don't know what a touchdown is, people are talking about this young man. What I like about it is it's it's time for something like the NFL to be to kind of take this and run with it. This is so needed, so I don't. I don't even know. Like I'm so happy that this has has come about. Um, 
because this this helps sports. This helps frustrated young men and women within sports. This helps kids who may want to be in sports, but because of their sexual orientation have shied away. Like this opens up the doors for so much progressiveness and closes, hopefully closes the door on 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 some of the issues as to why um, athletes haven't been able to come out uh, in the past, especially within the uh, football and basketball world. I think that there's there's so much here because my initial reaction was from from perceiving this through what maybe the people within the his organization and within the league would think which is I don't think much which I think is a testament to the progress that we have made I think that the the vast majority of people from you know that are millennials quote unquote or gen z's quote unquote because they've grown up in a world where uh the 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 um the notion of sexual orientation not being that big of a deal i think that most people that are playing in the nfl are of you know they're in their 20s to early 30s mm-hmm. and i don't necessarily think that there's very many people from that age demographic that are that um that are that uh, un, uh, uneducated about somebody's sexual orientation. Right. I don't think it's that big of a deal. The problem is, is the histrionics of football and the NFL overshadowed. So that, that was the second thought was that um, I don't really know how many people, I don't know how um, gigantic of a resonating impact this has in terms of the guys in the NFL because I think the guys in the NFL probably have already known about a variety of homosexual people in the NFL or or didn't really care about that, right? Like, right. we're here to work. We're here to win games. I don't care about anything that has to do with sex with you. I, I just want to, if you, if I know you got my back and I know you got, and I got yours, that's Let's it. Roll. That's Period. Roll. But then I started thinking about the larger football fandom as a whole mm-hmm. and uh, how, how much more bigoted that could be potentially and, and likely is, especially in certain sectors of the country. So then I started to think of the great courage I think this man has for oh, doing this. boy. But, you know, I think that there's a variety of different ways to analyze this. But I think that uh, Michael Sam's situation was two independent factors. He, he came out as gay before the draft. He was drafted, and then he didn't make a team. There was a lot of people that were scrutinizing the NFL saying he didn't make a team because he was gay. That's uh, untrue, in my opinion. I think Michael Sam did not make a team because he did not make an NFL football team. He was not good enough. Right. He was not an. He was. He was a tweener. He wasn't big enough to play right. defensive end in the NFL. Nope. I think in the NFL, if you can play, you're on, you're team, on a team. If you don't, yep. I think that's one thing that's impactful about Carl Nassib. Though is he's already been in the league. He's already started games in the league, and so it proves to maybe anybody that thinks that someone that is gay couldn't play in the NFL. That notion is now destroyed because. He's already been in the NFL. He's already, I mean, he Agreed. has he has multiple uh, great seasons with multiple sacks. I mean, the guy is a contributing player in the NFL. So uh, I think that, that that could bunk at least one notion of this mm-hmm. uh, narrative. I, I what what I like about it is it, it it immediately erases excuses as to what cannot be. Um, I like what you said. The bigotry is going to rear its ugly head. You know, is this guy, is this young man going to be targeted by someone else on another team because of his choice uh, and his orientation? But what it also does, the flip side to this, it opens up a whole new pocket of people. That opens up a whole new fan base for the NFL that is money driven, buddy. This is this is this is the foot in the door to to for those bigoted fans, which are going to be a smaller percentage considering demographics of those who don't want to be that reverse bigotry come back, this opens up the venue for a ton of, of, of equity financially, a ton of equity 
culturally, socially, um, the NFL is going to take this and run and not be worried about the negative drawbacks. You heard it here first. Which is an even larger conversation because there's a double-edged sword to that as well. Absolutely. You want us now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. We'll continue this conversation right after this. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Roundtable that we are so late we don't have time to finish all this conversation but Rajiv will be back next week and uh, we will continue to hash out all of this. It could, the best part is it's the summer so we have a lot of room to talk about a lot of summer, things. Summertime. Thanks so much for swinging by my man. It was a fun Appreciate show. It, Missing in the show. Rajiv Seabrook riding with me. We also had a great ESPN Roundtable with all the new Lady Grizz assistants and Katie Bussey Montana State assistant as well. Find it on the podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.